A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Renthal on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,500 podcasts delivered with over 15 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. As always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast with Terry Baisley from WPS slash Fly Racing. Thank you for listening Appreciate speaking of fly racing, man. Their 2021 stuff is out now, and they've done a great job of uh, adding some new features to the light pant, which is basically all new. They've got a new formula helmet that's uh, uh, got the same technology as their top of the level line one, and they've got a lot of new colors and styles and all of that stuff, of course. Flyracing.com for more information on that. Like I said, 2021. It's been a big year for those guys. They uh, did some goggle updates as well. So if you're in the market for some stuff and you haven't checked out Fly for a while, uh, first of all, what's wrong with you? Second of all, go to flyracing.com and please check it out and uh, view the latest and greatest from those guys. Uh, Interesting to talk to Terry about the rise of Fly Racing from uh, a small little company up there in Idaho to, uh, to maybe the biggest distributor today uh, and Gearline as well. So Lots to talk about. Also brought to you by Renthal, the winning brand in manufacturing design for the last half century. Renthal continues to lead the world to the very top level of sport. They've got more titles than all the other brands combined. I should tell you something. Uh, over 222 U.S. titles, over 213 world titles. Thanks to the hard work and dedication and detail, the Renthal factory has been helping world-class riders achieve their championship goals since 1969. Their Fat Bar 36 is just the latest and greatest Example of uh, Renthal Innovation. Thank you as well to Maxxis Tires, MXSTs, developed by Jeremy McGrath. Used by the king out there um, in whatever he's doing on a KX500 or a KX450 or whatever. Uh, Alex Ray has got them in Supercross main events. Nationals as well. AJ Cantons are all running them. Uh, from light truck tires to mountain bike tires to trailer tires to UTVs to, of course, dirt bikes. Maxxis.com for more information on that. I've got a set of Maxxis Minion mountain bike tires that I absolutely love. And, uh, and yeah, they, uh, they make all things rubber from the folks at Maxxis. So, uh, interesting to talk to Terry here. I'm looking forward to diving in and uh, talking about how far fly racing has come and all of that. So thanks for listening, and here's Terry Baisley. As promised, with me on the line from WPS slash Fly Racing, a big proponent of everything that we do at Pulp MX, the vice president of sales and a guy I've known for a long time and uh, an, an awesome dude, Terry Baisley. What's up, Terry? How are you, man? Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank good. you. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for giving us some time. Oh, appreciate the chance to be on here, and you guys do such a great job. And and you know this this sport and our industry and our lifestyle is pretty special. So whenever we get to do these things, it's just a great part of it. Um, how long you been there at WPS for? 
Oh, boy. I've been here for uh, just shy of 25 years now. Yeah, yeah, you're back back a long time. Um, and, you know, it's grown to be uh, either the number one distributor uh, in the U.S. or maybe number two, but it's it's grown from the beginnings way back when. Uh, so congratulations. You were a big part of all that. You've got to be – you know, you drive into the new – well, it's not new anymore, but you drive up to the new uh, headquarters – there in Boise, and you just got to be like, huh, I remember when. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you know it is. It's uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it's kind of a, it's a great feeling to see what mm-hmm. has been accomplished by this whole team here, and <clears throat> excuse me, by, by Craig Shoemaker, who owns the place. Craig's, yeah. uh, Craig's visions are just unreal. He's, uh, he don't look in front of his fender or his wheel. He's like three corners ahead all the time, and it's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, I, I bet it's got to be really cool to real cool to be a part of something and, and you know be a big part of something that's built into into this Goliath nowadays uh, in the industry. Um, I guess first of all, let's start. Like, obviously, we're in a pandemic and it sucks, and a lot of people are hurt by this, which is not good overall. But on the one side, whether I talk to Yamaha. Uh, my OEM guys that I deal with a lot or, or whether I uh, talk to the dealer here in Vegas or some other OEM people or other, I should say, gear companies and such. This pandemic that has forced people home has really been a boost in the power sports industry. People are getting out and actually riding dirt bikes, buying new bikes, needing gear, needing handlebars, needing batteries. Um, so as bad as this is, Terry, it's been good for business, which is a bizarre way to look at it. It is. It's crazy. I mean, when this thing hit, I know we were we, we left Dallas Supercross, and you know people were starting to talk about it in the elevator and this and that, and someone would cough and someone would yell COVID, and everybody <laughs> would freak out. And we get home, and we're getting ready to head to Indy, you know, and business as usual, and then whack, they shut down Indy. Everybody turns their plane tickets in, and within about forty-eight hours, business just about stopped. Yeah. And so it was a panic, I'm sure, to the whole industry. I mean, we're all wearing the same, you know, clothes here. And yeah. so so I think that it was uh, to see that go on for about a week while people figured out, whoa, what's happening? It was kind of like we got nuked, and then we found out it wasn't a nuke, but we got to be a little careful. And then all of a sudden we, we're just like right up on the pipe really hard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and fast forward that to today, I mean, WPS has has experienced experienced growth like we never could have imagined. I mean, yeah. and and I know others have also. And it's I think it's exactly what you said, Steve. I think it's a hundred percent the fact that people are pulling old bikes out of the garage, the shop, the barn. They're putting on new brakes, batteries, tires, chains. They're buying a new lid and they're going out and riding. And then they're going, "Whoa, why did I put this thing in the garage? This is way too much fun." Yeah. And uh, you know, then they're getting the kiddos out with them and their wife out, and people are social distancing in the hills and the desert and out at the track. And uh, you can't find a new bike now. I mean, you go to any dealer out there and they're just naked. They're, they're begging to buy your old one. And, I know. And you don't want to let go of it. <laughs> It's it's insane, and you feel bad for all the people that have lost their jobs and or worse, lost loved ones and everything else. And uh, but yet, yeah, things are rolling along in our industry. It's it's a it's a bizarre uh, you know inside out backwards world right now that we're living in. So, um, but it's good to, yeah, it's good to hear uh, for for us for the power sports industry as far as business is concerned. Um, are you born and raised in, in Boise up there? 
No, actually, I was born and raised on in a little town called La Crescenta, California, oh, right okay. outside of Glendale and Burbank and, yeah, yeah. and Indian Dunes, you know? Oh, that I had no idea. Backyard. Okay, so how do you end up in Boise? You know, I I was down there forever, and, uh, and you know, worked with Scott Ford at Scott's when he opened that place up. I was the kid that rode his bike there and opened the door after school and kind of worked my way into being a Sudco rep when I was 16 or 17 on work experience. And oh, okay. Then I kind of went inside at Sudco, and uh, WPS was one of my distributors, and I came up here to visit, and I'm going like, wow, that's really cool up there, and mm-hmm. they were really starting to hammer into the motorcycle thing, um, and uh, that was about 83, and, uh, you know, then I said, well, I, I could see myself up here, and they kind of bribed me to come up here, and okay. it's been a great marriage. So you want, you want to talk about the expansion of WPS and the growth of WPS. When you moved to Boise, that city also has blown up since then, man, I bet. You know? Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was like Boise was just like this little, you know, cow town, farm town, you know, that had a capital in it, you know. Yeah. And uh, I don't think there were many streets that had two lanes on both sides. I think there was one. Yeah. And at the biggest intersection in the state, it was like a little flashing red light, and now it's like got malls and everything else. <laughs> Trump, Tr- never mind Trump's wall for Mexico. Build it in Idaho. From what, from what I understand, all you people up there are tired of everybody moving in. <laughs> oh, you you know it's funny because yeah, everybody's tell everybody how bad it is yeah, in Idaho, yeah. and yeah, tell them we grow corn instead of potatoes, and yeah. crime's terrible, and the weather sucks because right. man, we're. We're full. We're no vacancy. Yeah, yeah, no, I've heard that. Cudby, Simon Cudby, our, our mutual friend there, moved up there, and he was like, yeah, everybody's giving me the stink eye. I just cut up here a couple of years ago. So it's kind well, of He funny. was smart enough. He changed his license plates within, like, 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably a good idea. Um, so oh, Sudco, Sudco, huh? Yeah, I use Sudco to, still for corporation stuff for my project bikes that I build. So uh, they're still humming along. Sudco is. That's cool. I didn't know you, did, I didn't know you worked there. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, those guys have been around forever, and clear back in the day, they were the master importer, for not for just McCooney and Kean, but for Yokohama Tire, which has turned oh, into okay. Shinko. Yeah, yeah. And um, and for Kean and for Nip and Denso and all kinds of crazy things, and uh, they were kind of one of the founding cornerstones in the industry back then, so I was lucky to to get put into the mentorship I did there. Did you uh, ride and race growing up, like in SoCal? Were you, were you deep oh, yeah. into it? Yeah, 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 yeah. You could race every night but Monday. Right. That's what I heard. It's crazy back then. Oh, it was awesome. It was totally awesome. And, and we'd, you, you picked your choice on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And on, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it was Ascot, Irwindale, Orange County, wherever you wanted to go. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a good time. Like, I remember... Uh, you know, you talk to Dubok or Gary Denton or these guys, and they're making full livings by just racing in Southern California. Never mind the Nationals and Supercross. They don't even care. They're just making money in Southern Denton California. They made a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, right? Um, so oh, yeah. It was, uh, it was a great time to grow up in that area. Yep. And being up close to the valley, you know, we were more centric to Indian Dunes and to Valley Cycle Park, which was Munts, and to Bay Mare, and then uh, it was just a short hop down to Ascot and Irwindale and OCIR, and then all the Orange County tracks like Saddleback and right, Carlsbad right. and Barona and De Anza. Right, right. So you met Craig Shoemaker, the owner of WPS. You met him while at Sudco, I take it? I, I mean, 
I don't know how big WPS was, but Craig was probably pretty, I mean, he's still hands-on, but he was very hands-on back then. Very much so. Yeah. His, uh, his father-in-law okay. and mother-in-law owned the company back then, and they were a customer of mine. I came on up and uh, yeah. got to know them well. They would buy a lot of carburation and Sunstar and this and that. And yep. uh, one time when I was up here, they're just like, hey, why don't you just kind of, you know, move up here? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we really want to build the motorcycle side of the company because they started as a snowmobile company right. back in 1960. Yeah, that's what I heard. So, you, were you married then and everything, or no? Were you just a single guy? I wasn't. I okay. met my wife like three weeks after I was here, oh, okay. and one of the guys who still works here, Mike, he's uh, in purchasing. I, my wife grew up across the street from his wife, and I met them at a little pool party at their house. And Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> the rest was history. Yeah. 34 oh. years next week. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, okay. So, you're, you, you move up to Boise. You're working for, for, for WPS. And from what I understand, and Terry, you correct me if I'm wrong, of course, at any point, but at some point you're like, hey, let's offer a handlebar. Let's get going with a handlebar, uh, our own. Is that kind of how it starts? Yeah, well, uh, I, I came up to WPS. I lasted two years, and we had differences of opinions back then. Oh, and I, I didn't know this. And went to Nichols in Chicago and started that brand called Pro Sport. And oh. so... Oh. WPS came a distributor for Pro Sport, and we did that for about seven years. And then I moved back here, and and Craig was like, "All right, we need to do something of our own. What do you want to do?" Yeah, yeah. And so I figured we'd just duplicate what we had done at Pro Sport, but do it better, mm -hmm. and um, and really try to build a global brand with it. And so he was extremely committed to doing so, and and he's supported it, and we've been able to build a great team of people. You know, year after year to, uh, to to specialize in what they do and kind of coordinate that to become what fly racing's become today. So you but we started okay. with handlebars. Yeah, you st and is that a fly bar? You start fly the the brand inside the WPS. Is that how it goes? Is are those called fly handlebars? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. We have okay. our fly arrow flex bar, our fly arrow tapered bars, which were one of the first tapered bars, and yeah. We still still make a lot of handlebars, and one of the few that are T Ford and T Six, and just some special things to them that yeah. we feel proud of. But uh, it kind of got more glamorous, you know, making clothing and helmets and boots. You know, so <laughs> yeah. uh, well, were the bars a success? Were they were they good right off the bat? I mean, you would have had to source all this stuff out, right, Terry? I don't know if you went overseas for it or how'd you source the handlebar stuff, but yeah, that's all kind of starting from the scratch. Oh, yeah. I used to go back and forth to Asia at least every third week and sometimes every other week and oh, boy. then fly out and set up distributors globally in between that. So I spent a lot of time on airplanes and hotels during that 15, 20 years. Um, but we were uh, we we worked in 99% of the cases, we worked direct with our factories and we pick factories that yep. are good with a certain commodity. Mm -hmm. And our factory happened to not be a handlebar factory. They happened to be very, very good at working with aluminums and, and high-tend steels. And, and, and they had a lot of skills that we helped apply to building handlebars. And we feel we came up with a better product. And then we did the same thing when we started with clothing and, yeah. uh, and so on and so forth. So if it was good, it was our fault. And if it was bad, it was our fault. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's one way to do it, right? So, wow, so you totally – you you – you, you were on the plane that much going overseas and all of that stuff. Wow, jeez. Yeah. Um, um, where, was the, where was the sketchy place you went to set up a, distri a, a, a distributor? 
Whoa. Sketchiest place? First time I went to the Czech Republic was fairly sketchy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was on a plane that got hijacked from Brussels to Prague. <laughs> what? No way. <laughs> yeah. Holy <laughs> um, It all turned out good, and it was it made for a great story. But uh, there were some sketchy things, you know. But, you know, I think probably the sketchiest things back in those times was going to Asia back when you had to go through third-party countries to get into China to go do things. And, and, uh, <laughs> and now that everything's gone to China, it's kind of come back out, and it's back yeah. into the other countries now. Right, right. So, okay, what about this hijacking? W w w hold on. You glossed over this hijacking. What happened? <laughs> what happened? We, we're, we're getting on a Lufthansa flight going from Brussels up to Prague to see my distributor and to go to the GP up there uh -huh. over in, by Brno. And um, all of a sudden there was, well, i got to be careful here. Okay. Um, there was 14 men that were wearing dresses. Okay. Yeah. Um, a certain, a certain and, ethnic. ethnic okay. Yeah. And so none of them had guns or box cutters or anything like that. But we're taxiing down towards the end of the runway, and someone yelled something out, and they all jumped up and they started, you know, babbling, and uh, and they basically stopped the plane. What? Long story short, you know, it wasn't very scary, you know, because right. you look and you can pull your seatbelt off and wrap it around your hand with a buckle and come cracking. <laughs> but, you know, you're, look, you're looking at it and you're going, what's really going on? And, yeah. and it turns out that they were seeking political asylum, which I guess happens fairly regular there. And, yeah, yeah. And if they're granted it, then they get to stay there and they get paid to stay there. Oh, geez. And so we stayed on the plane for about three or four hours and then... Uh, yeah got taken off and sent to another facility where they questioned everybody like we had something to do with it. Right, right. And then I got on another plane and got there oh, in time for the race. Jeez, wow. That's crazy. Um, what point did uh, did someone tell you, Terry, that there was a gear brand named Fly out of France in the late 80s? Did, 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 you, did you find that out afterwards or before? You know, found it out afterwards, and it was kind of funny because, you know, we, we're walking up and down the alleys in Taiwan, Craig and I, coming yep. up with names, and, you know, you're coming up with everything that bounces right. off our sleepy minds over there. <laughs> and we, it almost became rat racing because we were seeing rats like everyone, you know, rat racing and then roo racing like the old Kelvin Franks roo, and you can make this bitch and little kangaroo or a bitch and rat, you know, yeah. kind of a deal. Yeah. And we kept seeing flies and flies, door, sky, fly, fly, fly. Well, that's a great connotation to what we do, yeah. riding moto or riding yeah. snowmobiles or riding off-road or whatever. Right. And uh, so we had a list of about ten, and that one we picked, and uh, we checked the trademarking on it globally. We're all good. And then, yeah. uh, then all of a sudden I got a call from somebody and said, who let me know in a in a fairly blatant fashion, and I'm going, really? Well, it was two weeks later, I was in France to go see Matt Lalo's and a couple guys, and I'm seeing all these fly furniture stores, and their logo's almost identical to ours. <laughs> and I'm going, well, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, no, this isn't good. <laughs> and then I got the whole story, and uh, <clears throat> it turned out we are just fine. We, right. we, uh, we own the trademark for it, and... Blah blah blah, but it's been a oh so a lot of lessons learned and yeah. and uh, so the motor company interesting. so the motor company was a furniture company. I didn't know that. Okay, so it was originally no, it was it, 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 there was two. There was oh. a moto company over there, and, and then there was a furniture company, both with the same name, both with an identical logo. Oh, okay. And coincidentally, we all picked the same font style for our logos, oh, you know, geez, and so yeah, it was yeah. like. 
the likelihood of confusion between moto gear and furniture right. is very, very uh, dismal. So nobody was harmed or fouled. But, you know, the yeah. other company had long closed down. So it was a, a good bit of history to learn. Was there a brand? Uh, so you're starting off fly. You're getting the handlebars. You know, you're starting looking at stuff. Are, is there, um, and obviously a distributor, you know, you sell other people's products, of course, and, and to, to dealers everywhere. Was there a brand that came on board? Like, I mean, Dun- Dunlop just did, of course, and you guys got, you know, uh, just about everybody under the sun. But was there somebody in the industry that committed to WPS? I mean, because there, there's Tucker Rocky, there's Parts Unlimited, you know, the, the two giants back then. Was there somebody yeah. that, that committed to, to WPS that really really helped business that really really gave you a kickstart somebody that showed faith in wps early on yeah that's a really good question steve and and i'll I'll tell you there's been a lot of them you know there Mm -hmm. really have been but one i would say really stands out was when michelin stepped up with us when Ah, they had okay yeah you know, we were we were a smaller company back then and they and we explained to them that we truly believe that uh if we come on board with you, your other distributor that's very large and does a great mm-hmm. job and, and are quality people themselves um, are not going to lose business, but together we're going to get you more market share. And, yep. of course, they probably wouldn't have seen it that way at our competitor. <laughs> no, but, no, of course not. But, but you know, guess what? Sold the car, and, uh, and Michelin stepped on board in a big leap, leap of faith and um, – and everything has happened right since then. You know, they've yeah, yeah. been extremely committed to us. Uh, we've been extremely committed to them, and they have been very committed to their other distributor also. And and the three of us have all grown together through this yep. because it's it takes two to race. You know, and yeah. if you have just one, you can you can slow your lap times down by thinking you're going fast. But if you're pushing each other, which is what happened in this case, and and the similar story happened with Alpine Stars, you know, with us. And so yeah. I think everybody has gained market share and uh, upheld their end of the bargain and, and are turning better lap times now because of just that. Right. I know I've told this story privately a few times, but I, was, I worked for Parts Unlimited for a year after being a mechanic. And, you know, they were the 800-pound gorilla, and they're still doing a great job and lots of, you know, doing, killing it over there. But I remember I was working for parts and I was going to see dealers and especially, you know, in the western part of America and you guys have branched out with warehouses everywhere. But I I was always like shocked at how well WPS and the reps and the regionals and you guys at corporate really helped the dealers out. Like, hey, uh, we'll take that back. You haven't sold it. We'll give you this. This one moves, whatever, this widget this widget, uh, you ordered it in the wrong color, no problem. We'll replace it with the right color, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I was I was coming from PU that was a little bit more rigid, well, a lot more rigid, let's face it. And in my travels, this is 05, 04, 05, uh, no, 06, I should say. In my travels, I always found that WPS seemed to be very, very dealer-friendly. And I think, and here we are 15 years later, Terry, and I would imagine the same sort of, philosophy goes throughout the company because it, it, that's i think how it's really helped you guys grow is you've been really partners slash understanding with the dealers across the country thank you that's very well said and that's something that goes back to craig's core value yep. and 
And, you know, one thing we've before I answer that, I'll say, you know, our competitors, as you mentioned, you work for Parts Unlimited, and, and they're a great company, and they were a lot bigger than us back at that time and yeah. probably still are a little bigger than us today, but, you know, good competitors. And, and at the end of the day, um, as you get larger, you have to have more structure in place that, that uh, is, is constant change. Mm-hmm. Um, but... We never understood that, and as we've got larger, we've had to put more structure in place. Yeah. But it, we, everything we do, we kind of do with the core value that Craig installs every day, top to bottom in our company, is that our dealers are our best friends. And our dealers, you know, our job isn't even to sell to the dealers. It's together with our dealers to make sure that the public is taken care of, and then guess what? Everybody upstream gets to eat dinner. And so... We treat everyone like our grandparents and uh, try to go a step above and, and, and do it that way. It has come back, and it's paid dividends, and, and we've gotten respect for that. And, uh, and mm-hmm. you can look in the mirror and say, you know, if you do the right thing, seldom does it come back and yeah. bite you in the ass, you know? But you'd agree with me, right, you guys, that that's 100% philosophy there? Because uh, I know... 100%. Yeah, that's what it's, it's... It just seemed like that in my travels. I was like, damn, these WPS guys, like... They're aggressive. They're helping these guys out, and I can't do anything. Here I am hawking uh, FMF product for uh, for PU, and I, I can't have these terms, you know. And I think that that really helped you guys throughout to grow, you know. So that's 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 cool. Um, I'm glad you noticed that. Yeah, that's yeah. something we take a lot of pride in. Yeah. And, and you know what? We're we see a lot of our dealers. We learn so much from our dealers, you know, just on different things they do, and and vice versa that uh, I think you come back to anything. And there's a lot of great companies in our industry that all have a similar core value. Mm-hmm. So you're the fly guy. You're building handlebars. What else are you doing to grow fly inside of WPS? Is there another? Obviously, we'll get to the helmets and the gear, but was there something before then uh, besides the handlebars? Well, you know, we started with handlebars. Yep. And in the fly range, you know, we started with handlebars, and then we went to, well, we got to have levers. <laughs> yeah, so we yeah. started levers, and then uh, we started making grips, and then we started making grips for other people. And then we said, you know, we always wanted to do clothing. <clears throat> and yeah. I'm going, but got to be ready, Craig. You know, when yeah, we yeah. do this at Pro Sport, you, you turn that switch on, it's on. Right. And so we went to, we made chest protectors, you know. We made okay. the F-14, the F-15 chest protector back then. And yeah. kind of went from there into making boots and um, started making boots. And uh, then we took the big leap at, uh, in late 99. We in, 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 in late 99 and in 2000, we launched two different model years of apparel within about nine months, which okay. was yeah. not, was really hard. But, yeah. Uh, that's not easy. Yeah, for sure. No, that's that's not easy. <laughs> and then it's kind of gone from there, and and having some of the the great people here that come up with ideas because everybody here rides, you know, and they come up with. Yeah. We need a pack that goes onto that onto that uh, protector. Hey, why don't we have a good you know, a, a good type of elbow protector that you don't even know you have on, and and different things like that that are kind of core that you know yeah. we're always trying to critique and, and and add to and make better. And your and people need to understand this is you head of fly racing inside of WPS and of course Craig, this is uh, hey company uh, X we want to make this okay it needs to have these features I want to bring it in for this price and then that's uh, five to ten uh, prototypes molds whatever uh, let's try it let's test it uh, what colors can we make it bring it in let's set, like 
each piece, whether it's the, 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 the boots or the levers or whatever, this is a lot of R&D behind the scenes by you, probably. <laughs> you know, I, in the beginning, it was a, it was a full-time job. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> and kind of realized at some point in time that I can't draw a, a box with a template. And uh, <laughs> so my pencil scratch drawings of everything and the crayons, I was getting high on all the smells of the colored pens, drawing color ways of things. And <laughs> there had to be better ways to do this. And they were getting kind of pissed when I buy 600 bucks worth of felt pens in different colors. And, <laughs> and so we figured we could do this on the computer. And then we kind of got people a lot better than me in here. Yeah. And, uh, I kind of ran out and, and kind of tried to blaze the trail and let people that do it a lot better than I do mm -hmm. um, behind. And, and with Craig's guidance and oversight on everything and, and future vision, yeah. um, we kind of kept pulling it all together, you know. And, and we've, we've, we've got kind of a blueprint that we, we do, whether it's with Fly or Sedona or Hard Drive or any of the brands mm -hmm. that we own. We kind of try to follow this template, and it, it's it's simple in the yeah. fact that it's pretty easy to follow. You just got to go put in the work, and and you put in the work, and yeah. and it happens. And at some point, you're looking around. You're like, you're like, oh shit, things are really selling. We're really doing well. <laughs> hey, Craig, <laughs> we didn't this, order enough. <laughs> this isn't this is working, Craig. Uh, so, um, when does the hell? So, my guy Tim Ferry, good buddy of mine, I worked for him as a mechanic, of course, for years. He was actually yeah. Fly's first ever paid rider, right? With uh, with the helmet. Actually, Tim was our Tim was our first high paid rider, mm -hmm. <laughs> highly paid rider. I should say the big name uh, rider. I should say, yeah. Our our first paid riders was Ryan Clark and Keith Johnson and Kevin Johnson and uh, Joe Olaf and uh, Clifford back then. Yeah. Um, and that led into we really tried hard to get things together with Timmy and. And which turned into a fantastic relationship and friendship, and what a wonderful family! And to see his boys coming up like they are, it's just wow, so cool. And that was a high-end helmet, right? That's that's where you guys kind of said, okay, let's do a helmet. Uh, let's get into that game, which is now, you know, uh, a really big investment by a company. Obviously, with the formula, uh, even more of an investment. But back then, you had to source out a helmet, I guess, huh, TB? Yeah, we had yeah. we've been making some some moderate helmets at that point in time, but we knew we had learned a lot of technology. We just didn't know if we were ready, and we decided to be ready. And, yeah. and to do that, we needed to do it the best we could do, and then some, and get somebody that believed in it, trusted in it, that could be a a, a spearhead name for us, you right. know. And uh, Timmy was that guy, and and did a phenomenal job of just that. When you go to Craig, and and you know, I mean, again, this is a this is a pretty big check for you guys, like you said at the time. You go to Craig, it's it's all okay? Like he's on board with trying to get a, a factory rider like, like Ferry? I think his first comment was, you want to do what? <laughs> you want to spend how much on a guy to wear a helmet, right? Right. And I'm going, no, 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 this will, this will pencil. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you know what? Craig is very committed. Um, we talked a lot about it, and we wanted to make sure that, number one, if we do this, that it is – the best helmet we could build at that time yeah and that we did the best we could do for that rider because he's putting his name on it with us too and and we're in this together and and uh we listened a lot you know with tim and vice versa mm -hmm. and uh i think the the collaboration was just yeah. really a, a a great thing and craig got behind it very well 
that had to have been cool for Craig and for you. Like you, you know, you you think back to the handlebar days and all that, and then you see on a factory Yamaha, you see the Fly logo on a rider, you know, getting podiums and Supercross and leading laps and all the stuff that that Ferry did. I would imagine it's it's pretty pretty cool feeling. It's it's awesome. I mean, there's no way to put it. It's uh, if you're a carpenter and you build a lot of fences around town, you drive around, you see your fences standing tall, and maybe some of the others aren't. And, yeah. And you and you you take some pride in it because you you had the blood, sweat, and tears in it, and and we do the same thing with this, and we look at all the people around us that have joined the team and become part of getting it to where it is, and there's a great sense of satisfaction to everybody, and also a reality that uh, you know what we can do more and we can do better. What we got we got to keep learning, and that's mm-hmm. kind of part of the fun with it too, because you get that good feeling when you see your kid out there, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, the Formula Helmet, you guys came out a couple of years ago now. I mean, that thing is just the pinnacle of of helmet protection, and there's some really cool features in it. And, you know, it's, the cost of bringing that thing along have, have to be just insane, but it's the latest and it's greatest, and it puts, I think it puts Fly ahead of the curve as far as technology, you know? so. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. it's you know what? It's been we, – we, we had a lot of good people involved with that. We learned a lot. And some of the technology for that, Steve, we're, we're applying to – other areas of protection, mm-hmm. which we'll see here going forward, as yeah. well as several other helmets. But it's been, uh, you know, helmets are a big responsibility. You make gloves and you blow out a seam, a guy gets a blister, you feel bad, you right. know. But, you know, if, if if you don't do a good job on a helmet, you know, anybody can get killed in the best helmet possible. So yeah. you got to... You got to mitigate all these things. Just, we're, you know, we we all know that we have a sport that has risks and rewards to it, and so it's it's a real challenge, and and uh, it, it feels real good when someone comes back after having a tough one, and uh, and they come back and they go, "Dude, that helmet saved me." And yeah. everybody on the team feels good about that, and you know that what you're doing is worth a lot more than just uh, numbers on a spreadsheet, too. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right about that. Uh, Terry Baisley on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by the folks at Maxis and Renthal, all on board with us, as well as Race Tech. Uh, Pulp 20 is the code to save at Racetech.com. Get your suspension done. Get your motor done. Get it modified. Get it serviced. Whatever it is, show your bike some love with the folks at Racetech. And uh, Pulp 20 is the code to save when you call there or email them to uh, give your bike some love for the folks at Racetech. And, of course, FlyRacing.com. The 2021 stuff is here. It is out. Uh, exciting new colors, uh, brand new light pant, a new formula helmet as well they've launched. So please check that out. And, uh, and yeah, we'd appreciate that. So uh, let's dive into some more with, with Terry here. Um, so the gear's humming along. Ferry's wearing the helmet. Everything's working. And then you decide, let's sign David Villeman. Let's, let's get a full guy in our gear. Uh, how, was that? how was that? Why Villeman? How did that come about? It was interesting. Um, I think it was because we spent so much time around Yamaha, and, and <laughs> yeah, we yeah. had developed a good distributor in France. Okay. Um, at that point in time, um, they were, you know, we, we were quite involved with some of the series over there and some of the things with Eric Perinard and, and uh, Xavier. And so it's kind of like, you know, David kind of uh, semi-approached us, but we were looking for him too, and it just kind of became a good fit, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, was that was that a tough negotiation? I mean, you were obviously making a bit of a name, like you said. You had privateers wearing the stuff. Our buddy JT was probably even wearing it at this point. Um, 
But, oh, yeah. But was it tough to sell Villamin on the stuff? Or, or was it a case of, hey, if you pay me this, I'll wear it? What was that like? You know, so at the end of the day, you know, everybody's trying to make a living. So so dollars and cents were an important factor of it. Mm-hmm. But it was it was David. David could have worn anybody's kit at that time. Yep. And so he took our kit, went out, rode in it, came back, and he said, all right, I like it. Not too bad, you know. And, <laughs> and you know how David is. He yeah. isn't going to say, oh, that's bitching. But, uh, no, no. But I, I knew that was a good sign. And uh and we spent some time with them and, and felt that fit, and we came up to, you know, numbers that penciled for both sides right. and uh, support and uh, and exposure and expectations, and uh, and it worked good. It was a, it was a big step for us, and uh, and it was a step for him, too, because we yeah. were still semi-unknown, and uh, he was taking a risk. And, and to this day, we sure appreciate that and see david at the races and talk with david a lot he's yep. a great guy yeah alan picard was doing some rider support stuff for you guys back then he was he was around a lot um doing a good job definitely um did did you notice sales uh a bump in sales from that i mean on one hand david's leading laps and doing very well on the other hand he's french so is he moving stuff in the american market he's certainly moving stuff in france like you said with your good distributor did you notice seismic sort of changes by signing villaman we did right right away. More people started taking us more serious, like yep. they did with Tim. You right, know, right, right. and uh, when Timmy signed on, when David signed on, actually with everybody. I mean, it, even, even with J, when you had JT and Ryan Clark and Keith Johnson, who were you know kind of privateer of the year kind of guys, and then Subway guys, etc. Yep. You know, people are going, okay, you guys are no joke. You know, this is uh, you, you ain't this brand or that brand yet, and we didn't see that either, but. David moved the needle at that time quite a bit, and uh, and we went out and you can you can have ten dollar bills in your pocket selling them for five bucks, but if you're not waving them, people still aren't going to buy them. So we had to go out and market that a lot and let people know, hey guys, yeah. we stepped up too, you right, know. Right. And, and and so David did a good job on that. I think we did a good job promoting that, and it it kind of created a, a a lot of vacuum behind it. Yeah, it's kind of funny because people, I mean, besides writing that big check to Villamin, and besides you know, making the gear and doing all that. Now you have to market it, like you said, with with, with magazine ads back then, online stuff. You 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 have to get it out in front of people, whether it's on the track with DV or 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 anything else. And this is all a huge commitment for any company. So yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. You got to have a guy at the races all the time. You can't. Right, right. You know that's it. And that was that was another big commitment. Was just kind of like. Getting it from way, hey, this is really fun. Just go to the races, you know, and you get to go around, talk to everybody, have a good time, and be around what you love. But to know this, this really matters, man. This is how yeah. this is how we feed everybody here, and we got a lot of money tied up in this, and we have a lot of responsibilities, and there's an expectation. Did you go to a lot of those races back then? I don't remember. Were you around a lot, or were you were you back and were you doing the uh, R and D stuff and, and overseas and all that? Well, back in those days, I mean, I was I was you know back and forth to Asia, say every couple of weeks. But yeah, yeah. but I would I would get to probably a half a dozen Supercross and a half a dozen outdoors and a yeah. half a dozen GPS and three or four Aussie races, you know, every year back yeah, then. Yeah. And and then as I slowed my travel down in the last several years, I've done more Supercrosses and and outdoors and less international stuff. And now I. Now I hate airplanes. <laughs> How many air miles you got, Terry? How many air miles do you think you have? 
Oh, I think I, I maxed out on about four airlines over the years. And, Jeez. And so I, I was a United guy forever and had millions and millions on United. And before that was Northwest Orient. And and before that was TWA or Pan, oh, and Pan Am. Yeah, yeah. Um, and today I kind of fly as baggage because I try not to hit any milestones. Yeah. Um, and yeah. kind of consider that an award in itself. I know. See, I'm still wrapped in the I got to fly United. I need my miles. I want to get my upgrade. 1K. 1K. Yeah, yeah. I got my credit card all linked to it. Like, I'm still deep into that, right? But I guess when you reach your age and the amount of traveling that you've done, which is way more than I have, I think I'm a 1.4 million. 1.4 or 1.5 awesome. million. But for, for you, you're just like, yeah, I don't ever want to get on a plane again. Just that's it. <laughs> but, you know, when you're in it and you're having to do it, you know, it's, you got you to gotta take advantage of those things like you're doing because yeah. Yeah. If, if there's a canceled flight or if there's a change in schedule, you gotta make you, you got to make sure you're priority to get on a plane. And you got to make sure that you can get a better seat if you can get a better seat so yeah. that you can perform when you're there and, and get back as quick as you can and perform there. And, and so – all of those those things in the the flight game is yeah, really yeah. important. No, they are. You're right. Um, so I, I always, but whenever I'm up at WPS, uh, uh, up there with Max or JT or whatever, I always make sure I point out the J Law jersey up there. He, uh, Jason Lawrence, <laughs> won a championship for you guys wearing fly. Um, he wouldn't always wear your gloves. Uh, typical J Law, you probably never showed up at a bunch of photo shoots. What was the J-Law fly racing experience like? It was, you know what? Look, during during the time it was like a, it was like a uh, it was like a bipolar marriage. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cuz there were some real highs and there were right, some real right. lows. Yeah, yeah. And uh but looking back on it it was it was awesome. And you know what? Jason is a guy that just probably was born with more talent yeah. than most yeah. anybody could ever he lost more talent than most people will have and he needed some good guidance and at times man he was so focused and other times he was just that that you know whack-a-mole kind of dude i remember when we were up at bud's creek one year and and he's he's humping and 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 working his way up from a bad start running in third or fourth and he he just was over it, and he freaking pulled off the track, rode up behind to the back up by that roundy round track yeah. up there, and just started making laps on it, and went back to the truck. Yeah, Where'd, yeah. where'd he go? Uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, he was over it. He wasn't going to get third or fourth. It was win or nothing. And and you know what? That I get it. You know, I mean, from the race mentality, man, that's frustrating. From the business mentality, that's frustrating too. Yeah. Um, so it, it was tumultuous, but you know what? He got us our first championship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, for sure. It's a big deal. Uh, you guys sponsored the course. For people who don't know, you sponsored the whole Yamaha of Troy team. Uh, and, uh, we did. And, and Jason we did. Was which it, was so. a, those were great times and great people through that whole thing. Um, clear down to Sharky and Ozzy. And, yep. I mean, just the great times and stories that came out of that are probably I, mostly unrepeatable. I heard you were... Very angry at times because, like I said, he wouldn't wear the gloves always. And I heard that you were losing it on the team uh, because obviously he was wearing another brand of gloves. It's like we pay you to wear our gloves. Can we can we at least maybe make you something that you like or, 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 or take the logos off what you do like? And he just he wouldn't do that. And I heard you were losing it, Terry. I did. You know, we came to an understanding on that. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, it was just that why, why, why in the heck? Are you wearing them? He goes, well, I like the glove. They fit good and everything, but 
This other one, it's, it's a different color. I want, I want gloves that clash with my gear. Why don't you say so? <laughs> and so from that point on, he wore our, our light glove at that time, which is still a light glove. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it wore blue gear with red gloves. And right, he kind of right. set that trend of that. And that was his little fashion quirk that was yeah. uh, part of what made him a cool cat, you know? Yeah. And Brandon Jessman wore the gear as well. And uh, Brandon he, was our yeah. first. Uh, Brandon was our first national winner um, on a Suzuki. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys and people who don't remember that you guys made him the all gold kit for Vegas. All gold. We did. That was funny. Yeah, he was in the gold, and then Lalo's and Danny Smith were in the chrome. That's right. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. In and the it chrome. was like a Chanel. Too. We got him out here in the walls out here, so yeah. you walk by and yeah. kind of tap it every so often if you're old enough to remember. <laughs> oh, the headaches of that back then that must have caused you. That would have been great. Um, oh, it was awesome. And of course, uh, Andrew Short and Trey Kennard come along, and then they're both factory, highly paid factory guys, and. Uh, but at the same time, they're great dudes, which is really got to help you. Uh, you go from J Law to those guys; it's like a complete one hundred and eighty. And and you wouldn't couldn't work with two nicer guys. You're right. I'll tell you, we've been so fortunate there, and those guys are still great part of our family and friends. They're, uh, you know, it was it's more on the track and off the track kind of a scenario with both of them, and. Uh, Andrew, Andrew and, and, Trey, and Trey still ride a ton, as you know. Um, I, I think they'll ride until they can't swing a leg, but they're, uh, they're just great people, and so many people out there want their kids to be like them. And you see that with the different things they surround themselves with. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you just can't find better folks than that for sure. Yeah, I know, absolutely. Uh, of course, Brayton and, and, and Pike and all these guys, have kind of oh, yeah. Zach Osborne, you know, I mean, just now you guys are rolling right. along, right? Um, I, I'll tell you what, Brayton. Brayton is Brayton's tough as a bag of rocks, man. He's because he ain't fourteen anymore. Mm-hmm. He still thinks he is, and he still wins, you know. Yeah. And he's still capable of surprising you at any time. And Weston, I mean, Weston is just Weston. Just uh, he's up here right now. Oh, is he? Matter of oh, fact, okay. I think he's he's getting ready to ride to Sturgis with our hard drive boys. You oh, know? nice, nice, good to hear. Um, what so? You've known Craig Shoemaker, the owner, forever, uh, and uh, he's had a big part, obviously, of everything, that, all the success that you guys have had there. But what's the biggest disagreement you've gotten into with Craig over Terry that you can tell us about, and and who won in the end? Who who was right? Well, well, there's a difference between right and winning. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good point. You're right. And and you know what, Craig and I think very very similar on Do business. You? Yep. But you know, we used to travel a lot together. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of became where you kind of became like brothers, and it was a bit of a sibling rivalry at times. And one time <laughs> we're 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 rolling into Shanghai. And in the back of a taxi, and you can just imagine over there, yeah. you want to close your eyes half the time. And we're tired. We've been traveling for days on end and countries on end. And I look up ahead up on the city line. I said, whoa, look at that big Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. They need a Ferris wheel. I'm going, okay, so you want to argue. Here we go. <laughs> so we argue back and forth. That's a building. No, it's a Ferris wheel. It's a building. It's a Ferris wheel Till about an hour later in traffic. We finally pull up underneath it, and I go, yep, nice Ferris wheel. That ain't a Ferris wheel. That's a building. And, hey, what's going on over there? 
He's the boss. He always wins on that. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, man. Yeah, I can imagine, right? You're, you're, you're meat distributors. You're developing product. You two are, are side by side on all this. Yeah, that's a good point. And you, and, and you will get on each other's nerves after a while, for sure. Oh, and, and you know what? It's all in fun. You know, yeah. sometimes you want, you know, you're, you know, you're already in trouble, so you might as well click it up a couple, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, why not, right? Um, <laughs> are you still, so you're the vice president of sales, like you said, and that, are you vice president of sales of the, all of WPS, right? Not just the fly line anymore, you're everything? Right, I, yeah. and fly is just part yeah. of WPS, and so, we, we've grown so much over the years. My title is VP of Sales, but we have a great sales department that do a great deal of what that title really encompasses. And kind of what I do is I start brands, so and then I build teams of people behind those brands, and then I, you know, play, you know, orchestra guy, you know, so yep. for Fly and Shinko Tire and Sedona Tire and hard drive and, and different things. You know, we've started these brands and build these teams of people that are a lot better than me and and kind of guide the thing in a direction and build out from those things. So so we all have titles here. Most yeah. of us kind of consider our everybody here's title is janitor, and our job is to sweep it in and sweep it out and make sure everybody's happy. So, so for you, you know, well, well, I was going to say, for, yeah, for you, though, like, you, you know, you were so hands-on with Fly and so hands-on signing riders and, and doing all this stuff back in the day and building the company, and now you're an overseer, like you said, and, and you got people underneath you with these brands. In a way, Terry, for you, like, it's it, you're just slowing slowing it down a little bit and nose, not nose to the grindstone 24-7. Um, but at, at times I wonder if you almost wish you were or are you totally happy with – sort of, you know, letting, giving people guidance and letting them go. You know what I mean? Like, what kind of manager or guy are you in the new role, not the new role, but the role you're in now, let's say? You know, it's, it's when I started years ago, I had guys when I was working at Scotch, like Jim Gennard, before he was even Oakley, he was selling handlebars and skid plates and uh-huh. guys like that, that I had the pleasure of them coming to sell to me and they kind of helped me when I became a rep and you look at all these people that mentor you and uh, along the way and if you're able to pass that forward like people have done yep. you know for me and then see those people do it better than you and <laughs> yeah. and know that they're going to do the same thing we all got to do this in this industry so that it carries on and gets better and better and better and yep. so and kind of my measuring tape every year is is how are my teams doing? I mean, these guys all have families. Are they succeeding? Are they improving their lifestyle? Are they helping improve ours? Mm-hmm. Are they uh, are they challenging things and uh, and not just riding? We want racers, not riders, you know. And and you know, we all need you know riders out there, but we need racers that want to keep pushing it and are never satisfied with what they're doing. So. I guess I kind of get my kicks out of seeing and guiding and pushing and poking those things a lot with these guys, and uh, it's amazing how much I learn from them, you know, yeah, every day through all of what they do. Right, right. Um, our buddy Jason Thomas, good friend of mine. I've known him forever. Of course, he raced forever, and he wore fly for almost the entire time. And I understand that, you know, you were a big part of getting him to move from Florida to Idaho and getting started in his second career. What did you see in him – to kind of, you know, get into that and, and put that bug into his brain about, hey, man, there might be something here, you know, because ra- let's face it, racers, they're not all very good when it comes to real life stuff, as we know. Uh, but he is one of them that is. What, what uh, How did that come about for you and seeing that? 
Wow, that's an awesome question. I'm so proud of Jason. He's uh, watching him come up through the time and the friendship that him and I developed when he was a writer like you had um, was really cool. And I kept looking and I kept asking, what are you going to do when you're right, done, man? Right, right, right. I'm never going to be done. Yeah. I'm older than you. Trust me, we'll be done. <laughs> and yeah. that day will come. And uh, and I think I think when that day came, it still took you two years for him to quit swinging a leg, you know, because yeah. you... Yeah. You can't take the stripes off a tiger, and, and, and that's what's made him so successful is he's never satisfied. And, and, and I looked at how well-spoken he had become and his, the, the business of racing as well as the racecraft and strategies are so much like what we do here is just like a race. I mean, we come here, and if you don't get up before the clock, and if you're not one of the first guys back behind the gate, you know, pitching your start and, and pitching your sections and, and, and all that stuff, we're in the gate every morning here, and we don't get in to, you know, to qualify. We get in to win, and, and he had that mentality. And I hit him up a few times on it, and then mm-hmm. one time he just said, you know, let's talk about that. Yeah. And uh, long story short, um, JT came up here because I had developed all of our international distributors in all the different countries, and yep. I was running out of a clock, you know, trying yeah, to yeah. do everything here that I was doing as well as all that travel. And and, and I said, I need somebody that's real good at that. And, and, boy, I'll tell you what, JT is like Henry Kissinger. I mean, the guy's been on every country, a lot of places that aren't countries anymore. Yeah. I'm going, you know, he gets it. He's mature. He's got the drive. Let's bring him up and replace my tasks of international development mm-hmm. with him. And no sooner did he get up here and start excelling with that, um, other things developed here that I'm going, whoa, this could even be better. And at the same time, Bruce Perry, who was at our – he was doing all the international for one of our largest competitors um, – Decided he really wanted to be in Boise, and it was kind of like, wait a minute here. This is the guy that I've been trying to kick butt every yeah, yeah. year, and uh, we can put him on this team, and JT can help with this other stuff here, and and, and working with our writers and working with the media, and and JT's that he's just a, a born media guy, you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, well, and it just kind of it happened that way, and it was meant to happen, and it's just been so natural and and so awesome to see. You uh, did you have to sell Craig or anybody hard on getting an ex racer in there? Because again, you know JT's a different from all a lot of racers, as you and I both know. But not everybody does, and I don't think a lot of racers could do what he does. So was that a sell job for you on on Craig or whoever? You know, I don't think it was that much of a self sell job because I believe so much in what Jason could do uh-huh. and what he would also find that he could do that he didn't even know at that time. Yep. And he's he's over exceeded all expectations for us, but I think for himself too. Right. And so, it, you know, that was probably one of the easiest uh, sells I had, and and you know, one of the tougher ones was 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 getting Brock Sellards over here. You oh know? yeah, yeah. And and you know what a character Brock is and I'm going, dude, you're standing on a table in a hotel in Bercy singing in a spoon and you haven't even drank a beer. You don't drink. <laughs> I love you. I gotta get you selling stuff, yeah, man. Yeah. You could do it. Yeah. <laughs> and and Brock's become one of our top reps and just uh 
we've, we've got such a group of guys here, you know, down to Kyle Gills and Cole Siebler and Jimmy Chester, and I mean, the list goes on. I'm missing guys. Danny Smith? Danny Smith is, is there? I mean, yeah. Danny, Danny's setting the world on fire. With yeah. Danny has a pilot's mentality and an X-Rider, and he's in purchasing, and he's getting things that we never saw before as the new guy. With a, with a clear set of eyeballs that's just awesome, and he's got a great future here. Whenever I want to bug JT, I just talk about how he's the only the fifth or sixth fastest guy at WPS. How does that feel? <laughs> when you look at Sellards and Danny and Siebler and Chester and, and Sellards and all these guys. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's my comeback to him. So, um, <laughs> and, and, you got to keep poking the bear. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, for sure. And, I'm ta- and I've talked to another ex-racer, a guy that you know well. I'll just leave his name out of this, but he's not – He's not in the industry, but he told me last summer that he's talked to you a few times about doing stuff in the industry, and he, he, he used the word that you were his mentor a little bit in offering advice, good, bad advice, like whatever, like, or not good and bad advice, but advice both positive and negative about what he's doing and what he wants to do with the next step. And, and you know, this guy, this ex-racer, he's very thankful for you, Terry, for just being someone that he can talk to about do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? Like I said, he's not in the industry now, but it sounds like you've helped this guy. So that's cool for you to, to you know, when I hear those stories, it's awesome that, you know, you've helped this ex-fly racer out uh, good, you know, with a lot of good advice. So that's good. Well, you know what? We're all, uh, we're lucky we're all put in a good position to help each other, and I think we all try our best to do that. And uh, it's, uh, that, it goes back to we're so lucky to yeah. be in this industry. People outside it don't have a freaking clue, and Hopefully everybody that's in it really yeah. absorbs and, and appreciates what it is. Last uh, last thing for you, Terry, before we let you go here on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Renthal and Maxis, is you having been in the industry forever, even you, when you show up at that first Supercross in 2019 or whenever that was, Parts Unlimited – has been a presenting sponsor of Supercross for since 1995 or six or something, and and WPS slash Fly Racing took that over, became the presenting sponsor to Supercross, uh, and, and it's you know the banners are on the on the tracks and and everything else. That first Anaheim, you must have just been like, you know, whether it was the helmet with Ferry, the gear with DV, getting Alpine stars. You know, now you're 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 there with Supercross. That had to have been like pretty cool moment for you to see see you up there, the world's number one motorcycle uh, sport. You know, that's awesome. Thank you. That's uh, you know. Now that was that was a sell job on Craig. <laughs> Craig, how would you like to spend bunch bunches of millions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, but you know what though, we had. Uh, it was kind of an. It, it kind of came together because we had done the outdoors, yep. and um, immediately upon doing outdoors for years, I said, "You know what? We can't be satisfied there." And, and uh, we started, you know, working on a pathway to achieving what took place, and uh, that all led up to walking down through the tunnel. I didn't want to go see the track until Craig and I could walk down the tunnel. Oh, that's cool! Um, yeah, together yeah. and see the track for the first time with everything on it, and it was. Uh, it was a special moment. I bet it was. Like, again, you, you would go to all these races for for 30 years and see your competitors' banners and logos everywhere, right? Uh, and, and then that's, and you know, you're, 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 and then now you're like, you're in, you're part of it. You're just a huge step for WPS and Fly, just massive. And uh, that had to have been pretty cool, for sure. So, thank uh, you. It was. It was. And you know what? It was, 
it was just as cool for everybody on the team, and you see yep. the pride everybody has. And and I'll tell you what, the people at Feld have been awesome. They've embraced you know our culture, and uh, there's a great partnership, and they truly want the sport to succeed and, and be good. It, selfishly, it benefits them, and unselfishly, they need everybody to be yep. healthy. And so... You know, I think that between all the media and, and you, what you do out there for this sport, I mean, it, it's just so great to have that whole family out there. And, and I wish we could get back to freaking normal as soon as we can where we can all run around the pits and, and you know, pull tricks on each other and, and <laughs> high-five as you're running through the crowd. And, yeah. and we will get there. It won't be long. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, can't wait. No, I agree. I agree. And, and only – only WPS and Fly Racing could actually get the guys that failed to agree to let me do a little pulp show in the pits on Saturdays. That it took it took that that kind of massive agreement, Terry, to get me in the pits doing a live show. So uh, that part's cool. I'll tell you what, I think they respect the heck out of what you do, and they expect your show there now. No, I hope so. And I that isn't so. from us. That's from what you do and and the awesome people you have following what you do and the group you put together there, wow. Steve. And I think that uh, that goes back to Feld being open to this being successful for all yeah. of us. From handlebars to the Formula Helmet to it's been quite a ride for fly racing. That's for sure. So um, thanks for doing this, Terry. I really appreciate the time. I know you're a very busy guy. You're very important over there at WPS. So, but uh, congrats to yourself and Craig and everybody on the team. As you've said over and over, it's not just you two guys uh, for the success you've had. And, and thanks for the time on the podcast today, man. Thank you. Much appreciated. And thanks for all you do. And can't wait to see another live show. Yeah, fantastic. All right, Terry. Thanks, man. Thank you, Steve. Good to see you, man. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. 
The Dogger Raw Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the day-